Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Hi all, I was going to describe this as a COVID-19 special or as a pop-up episode, but things that pop up by their very nature pop down again and I'm not entirely sure when that's going to happen. And we're not discussing COVID-19 itself, more the way it's affected us. So I think we're going to call these episodes Change Uninvited. In this episode, Neil and I are just getting our bearings on the whole thing more will follow. Enjoy. So, what's the date today, Ray? Oh. Hold on, I'm going to look at the 23rd. 23rd of March. Yeah. Um, 23rd of March 2020, which will be written in the history books. Well, I'm not. Of- not necessarily today. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this, this conversation is going to be in the history books. Oh, is it? Right, our, our history no, this books. Period, yeah. This period of time is going to be referred to as, come on, Eileen, COVID-19. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Have you not heard that one yet? No, I haven't, no. <laughs> COVID-19. Da, 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 da. There's loads of... Um, yeah, right, okay. Well, we could get Kevin Rowland in here, actually. He lives in Brighton. Does he? Yeah. Well, um... I don't know if you'd like that or take offence to it. No, or do I? Uh, anyway, we are in lo- well, we're almost in lockdown, aren't we? We are, yeah. So we're forced to have this conversation remotely, which is something that we our manifesto says we weren't going to do. Well, isn't that funny? Yeah, because we're practicing what we preach. We are, but we were very clear that audio recordings should be done face to face, not via. A wire. And, well, uh, it's good, actually. Yeah, because it's a bit meta, isn't it? As in, we told ourselves that we couldn't have the same level of conversation yep. without being face-to-face. But yep. this crisis, should we call it a crisis? Yeah, I think that's fair yeah, enough. This crisis has forced us to change our thinking and our doing. Yep. And that's not a bad thing, is it? Because otherwise we wouldn't be trying this stuff out. No, and we now understand the benefits of noise cancellation uh, software. Yeah, so we just spent an hour easily yep. messing about with um, feedback and uh, using the right, the right microphones and what yep. we were going to use to record and all that, all that boring stuff, but we got that sorted out. So that's yep. good. Um, we've come to the conclusion so far that uh, we think we can have the kinds of conversations that we have been having and want to have more of if we already have an existing relationship with somebody, but we're not sold yet that we could have the kind of conversations that we're looking to have with people we haven't yet met. Yeah. Um, by doing it like this, but, but, but we'll try, we'll see. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see whether that conversation number one, which is so important needs to be done face to face or maybe conversation number two via, um, whatever software we're using might just be as, that's good. Maybe, um, yeah. But we should also say that we've we've decided to uh, also look at each other. 
So it's a bit weird because I'm literally just staring down the screen and you're staring down the screen. Yeah. So it does feel like we're, it's, it's actually almost a bit more intimidating than it would be if we were in each other's presence because we wouldn't just be staring, sitting right opposite each other, looking at each well, other. Well, and you're looking down on me and I'm looking up, <laughs> up to you. So Am I? I Sorry. You're, you're sitting in a nice office chair. Oh, hold on. Is it using which camera? It's this camera here, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Got yeah. A, I've got another camera, but yeah. Okay, you so went. you're looking down on me and I'm looking up to you, which is, you know, fair enough. I look up to you, Neil, so... Yeah, but I look up to you too, so... Oh, uh, well, not, sure. not at the moment you're not. You're looking down on me. I am, yeah. Anyway. Um, Let's cut to the chase. To... Yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We have. And I think the lens that we're going to look through it, I would imagine, is... Um, turning points... Well, the reason, Hab- the, reason, the reason we started this podcast was because we are on a lifelong journey to understand how people change and, and get good at change. And by that, what we mean is why people um, create habits and how they are able to break those habits and create new habits. And the reason for that is ultimately to try and live the best life they can. Yeah. That's what this is all about. So we talk about change as a superpower, but really if you boil it all down, it's about living the best life you can, given that change is going to happen to you. um, And also you can create your own kind of change in life. And that's, that's the whole topic that we've been exploring. But when the thing is, when change happens to you, um, you need to deploy the same set of skills in how you respond to that, which is really hard. And uh, a lot of changes happen to a lot of people very quickly. Yeah, and for some people, not much has not much has changed. You know, there is a whole group of people who are either in a they're lonely, and they're still lonely. Um, they may be having to stay in a bit more than they were, but they spent a lot of time inside anyway, and don't have lots of social interaction. So that I think I, I appreciate that that is a. A, a relatively small group but I, I don't think everybody has experienced this in the same way at all and for some people it's been massive change and for some people it's a small amount of change but I think it's probably fair to say that for the majority of people it's been quite significant change in their lives that they weren't expecting uh yeah I, I, because I, I, and I say that as much because uh for the working population or anyone with kids Kids are now not at school. Yeah. Parents, people that work uh, are almost certainly not going into their offices or their places of work, may not have jobs anymore. So there's all sorts going on, isn't there? Oh, I, mean, it, it, I mean, not to understate it, it's the biggest false change that most people have seen. Or ever experienced. Or yeah. ever experienced, that's right. Um, it, it is just incredible. Um, but there are people that are going about their, there are people that have got their routines and they're struggling to break them. You know, tell me, you, tell me more uh, about that. Well, I mean, I, 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 you, uh, if you saw the press conference last night with Boris and, uh, yeah, did, yeah. The, the team and the, you know, and the, and the journalists, you know, were asking some good questions and, you, you know, one of the questions was how do you expect to 
keep two five-year-olds in the playground away from each other, you know, and, and, and there are lots of people like that out there who are really struggling to follow the advice. And, and I think a lot of people think that's because they're just bloody minded and, uh, or inconsiderate or selfish or, whatever it might be but i think actually for a lot of them they're just finding it incredibly difficult they're well, just yeah maybe they don't know what that maybe they are doing things to a large extent on autopilot they're not right. that conscious of um of where they might be breaking the rules and that's maybe right. and maybe they're not um broad enough in their thinking to consider the kind of things that they could be doing differently i mean obviously at the point when the government saying you can't go out of your house um that has to change yeah yeah um yeah and that's when it i mean this is so interesting because this is when it becomes you know it's, it's like i was listening to sam harris the other day and he was talking about um a friend of his you know very bright guy who really struggled to embrace the idea that he had to wear a seatbelt. you know however many years ago it was um, uh, until he had an accident after that he wore a seatbelt <laughs> you know and that was legislation that came in at the moment it's not legislation nobody's being forced to it they're just being advised to so that's one level then there'll be you cannot do it and then it'll be interesting to see what the change is there yeah it's like that statistic that every time there's a big natural disaster there's always uh, an uptick in in insurance policies the day afterwards yeah <laughs> and it's for the same reason right because people have just felt it and so when sometimes when you feel something that's the catalyst isn't it that's the that's the moment where you wake up maybe well and i i think that's become really really clear me included you know when it was happening in china it wasn't that real mm, mm. you know i was struggling to learn from other people's experiences because yeah. for whatever reason and then suddenly it's real. And what's um, made it real for you? Um, well, I think the government giving us advice was the first step. Um, you know, until when was it last Monday? So we're talking only a week ago we weren't being asked to do anything differently in the UK. I happened to be in Portugal over that weekend preceding that and felt it there. Um, But it wasn't until I was back on the Monday when we were asked to change our habits. And that first ask, I'm trying to remember what it was now. I think it was don't go to, if you can work from home, work from home. Basically don't, don't travel unnecessarily. I think it was that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it was clear that, you know, going to crowded pubs was not a good idea. Mm. Going to crowded cafes, going to workplaces that were crowded was not a good idea. Um, And then gradually, bit by bit, the advice has stepped up the social isolation um, advice and it will continue to go that way and some people embrace it quite quickly and some people 
don't. And it, it is really fascinating from a behavior change point of view. It really is. Yeah. No, and looking, what, what, at, looking at myself, looking at myself. Go on. Well, just, you know, having to stop myself doing things, not suddenly noticing that I'm, you know, planning to go out for a run. Should I do it now? Mm. You know, um, no, I probably shouldn't. It's, you know, it's quite busy out there. I'll wait till later. Um, you know, I went to pick up my two oldest kids, sons, Alfie and Joe, I picked them up from university over the weekend. Um, to, to bring them home. To bring them home, yeah. Um, it was absolutely fascinating seeing the roads empty, you know, from Brighton to Newcastle, which is quite a long way. You know, you know very, very um, different. You know, I mean, I mean, probably not seen that level of, traffic since the 1950s i would guess um and in so many ways it was so nice mm. i mean it was it was so nice um but talking to people on the way up at, when i was filling up the petrol and that was the sort of the only communication i had it was interesting getting their perspective on what was going on and what was that well, there was one. <laughs> well, I was chatting to, I will never forget Catterick Village. Catterick is famous for the race course, I think. Um, and I was, I was filling up with petrol and there was a, another guy filling out the petrol and we were chatting and he was obviously a local. And after our conversation, he, he went into the, uh, the little village petrol station and this guy jumped out from behind the door pretending to be a zombie and frightened the living daylights out of him. And, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I do love seeing a sense of humor come out of all this. And it, oh, has, this, it? yeah, it really has, you know, doesn't it, it? You know, and it, it, it it, it obviously it obviously was a mate of his but i think was, it's more than that i think it's more um, I, th I think that it's not just a sense of humor it's a it's a sense of authenticity it's a sense of truer connection um, well, and, keeping, and keeping things in balance yeah for sure for sure yeah yeah but i spoke to, i spoke to somebody on the way back who i mean she was uh, talking to her she was almost she was in on the verge of tears you know just talking to me about how it was so sad that you know people weren't able to visit their elderly parents who were dying yeah you know and had a few days left and they weren't able to see them i mean it and when you when you start to think of it at that level it's just it, i mean it's it's cruel yeah and i have to say i i i i don't know how i don't know i just sort of think that sometimes that's worth the risk if somebody is their last couple of days, it's, it's a risk that's worth taking. But who am I to say? I don't know. Um, so difficult, isn't it? It's so difficult. And I don't think, given that we can't get out and we're not meeting people in the way we were 10 days ago, you sort of end up in your little bubbles. So you're not necessarily meeting that many new people. So 
the perspective you're getting is from people like you or, or mm -hmm. they're in your circles at the very least um you know we both know a lot, a lot of people that will be you know working from home mm. because they can because they'd spend you know their day working in front of a screen but you know that that's very different to a lot of other people yeah and it's very clear isn't it the need for human connection it's one of the things that i've been pondering on that it not quite yet but certainly for Italy and China, you're, you're close to being in prison. Yeah, you are. But, but I wonder how many people are enjoying the change. You know, if you can't go out, it does force you to spend your time in a different way. Um, it forces you to, you know, do that little bit of DIY that you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, you've, been, that you've been putting off for years. Yeah, it, the, D, the DIY stores were, were overwhelmed apparently last, last weekend and the weekend before. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that, um, the, the, but the bit that I think comes before that is the emotional side of dealing with this. You know, I think more and more what we'll see, yeah, of course, loads of people need to adapt and need to work out how they're going to spend their time, um, how they're going to work, how they're going to provide, all the rest of it. But then I think it gets to a point where if this goes on for a while, it's the new normal. Then the human yeah. connection piece, I think, potentially really starts to become quite a big problem at that point because uh, I don't know that we can get that same level of connection through a screen. No. No. Um, Although well, people, people already have had a good go and it's kind of interesting uh, exploring it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think people are exploring it and it, it's not, it certainly is a different experience to being there with someone for sure. Um, but then again, I suppose I'm just thinking about what we're doing right now. You know, we're, we're using Zoom at the moment. Um, as is everyone. As is everyone. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, we're all going to get a lot more familiar with Zoom. Mm. Um, we're all going to, and it may be that we use Zoom and, you know, Google Hangouts and Skype and whatever else is out there. Maybe we'll use that a bit more when we come out the other end and maybe that will be a good thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, less unnecessary travel, less flying unnecessarily. Yeah, you know, and I've got, I've got a friend, uh, Brett, who, you know, he, his sister is in New Zealand and they've used Skype for, you know, years and they, they don't use it like a, it's not like a telephone call. They, they just have it on in the background. That's right, yeah. Well, they're yeah. making... Well, they're making... Yeah, and so... So Emma's family are up north, as you know. Um, so we, we FaceTime them regularly. But my parents are literally five, ten minute drive down the road. And we first FaceTime them about as much. We could see them, but, but, but we FaceTime just because it's so convenient. It's kind of part of what we do. So 
Yeah, interesting. Maybe it's a, there's there's definitely some positive evolution from this whole experience, isn't well, there? Well, I, I think I think there's a a need to to recognise that because I, I think one could get very wrapped up in this all being the start of the apocalypse, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's the end of the world as we know it. And it's not, mm. you know, it, it's, I mean, for those people who are in the NHS at the moment and, and having to work their bollocks off, um, put themselves in danger, um, high stress situations, it must be, very difficult at times um but you know in a few hundred years time this won't be remembered do you think that i think it will well it we'll see you know yeah. how, how, how many people really knew about the spanish flu until recently mm. um but I, so i i think it's it's definitely a turning point. You know, it's definitely a turning point in so many different ways. Um, and I think it is for technology, people's use of technology. Uh, I think it is for valuing people that do jobs that keep us all going. Delivery drivers, you know, uh, people who stock the shelves in supermarkets, uh, anybody involved in healthcare, um, teachers that are staying on at school, because they're looking after the children of healthcare workers uh, and those people in protected professions. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, maybe universal basic income will come in as, uh, in some way. I mean, it sounds as though there are definitely conversations going on about it. Mm. Um, and you can understand why, can't you? Oh, well, I think, I, I think if if that was the one thing that was to come out of this, it, that, that would that that would be okay if that was the one thing to come out of it. So we were. If you were, you've probably forgotten about this, but we spoke a couple of weeks ago before this whole thing was a thing, and we talked about a Joe Rogan um episode recent episode with colin o'brady yes who yeah do you remember i did so so for people listening um i don't think i think we might have recorded a conversation in the pub since then which we haven't put out yet which we did where we did talk about this yeah um, probably because we we had to wait till it was quiet and by then we had a few drinks so. that's right exactly yeah but so colin o'brady it was the first person to cross Antarctica um, unaided using only human power so you can't yeah. use a, a motor or any other mean to, to kind of move no. you along and another, another guy had done it but and he included the shelf as well but he'd done it with, with the sail, the sail assisted correct yeah, yeah 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 so and so unaided means you you have to carry all the stuff with you there's no one there to support you so unsupported i think is the term so yeah Colin O'Brady, great guy really really interesting and i heard him um talk to joe rogan a few years ago before he did that expedition then he was back to talk about um his latest expedition which was 
crossing or sailing the Drake's Passage. I think it's the Drake's Passage, which yeah. is a very difficult stretch of ocean um, that's very narrow, very um, choppy. Isn't going to do it justice, is it? But yeah. dangerous, really dangerous. No, it's yeah. never been done before. And then and it ends up back in Antarctica. So he ended up doing that. And the conversation was really interesting. Uh, we both listened to it, but it was the last 20, 30 minutes of about a two, three hour conversation where it, they really got into some really interesting stuff because it was about um, how and why and change and all the rest of it. And one of the things that Colin O'Brady said is he talked about, uh, I think the question was, you know, what do you, what, what do, do you come back a different person? And, and, and if you do, do you know that you're going to come back a different person? And what kind of person are you expecting to come back as? So ultimately, why are you doing this? And his answer was, um, yes, 100%. This is all about growth. This is all about pushing myself as far as I can go to understand more about myself. And uh, do I go into it and feel scared? Yes. But do I also go into it and feel excited? Yes. And so he fell into this point, which we, I think we've definitely touched on before, but I don't think we've talked in any depth about is the idea of um, uh, fear and excitement almost becoming blurring, becoming the same thing. Yeah. And uh, you and I caught up the other day and we were talking about this. We were talking about how it feels like um, if you track back through all the conversations we've had and those people that we think uh, have developed change as, as, a, as a real skill in their life, they've got really good at <coughs> creating their own change. Um, the thing that unifies them is that fear and excitement has blurred. It's become almost the same thing or certainly much closer yeah. than for many other people. And what we were exploring the other day is the idea that maybe that is another emotion, but it just doesn't have a name. So there's no name for when fear and excitement meet one another. And we were starting to explore that and talking about whether or not there should be a name for this emotion. And then really randomly, you'll never, you never predict this stuff. I was literally on a call this morning and somebody told me about, uh, and again, it was within the context of everything that's going on at the moment. And uh, you now on one hand, there's a lot of fear, but also there's potentially a lot of opportunity. And they were saying that um, there is a Chinese symbol that represents danger and opportunity coming together. Ah. Isn't that amazing? Um, so, yeah, there's, the Chinese have got some better definition of this thing than we have. Um, but I think, it, I think it plays into the, exactly the same place, this idea that there is this emotion that we are all, we're probably all butting up against now. We're all probably, because we're certainly feeling some amount of fear and danger, but we're also feeling or sensing some sense of opportunity. You know, it, it could be simple opportunity in, in as much as I'm going to spend a bit more time with my kids or I'm going to cook a bit more, or I'm going to do a bit of DIY, as you said earlier, or work from home, whatever it might be. So we're all experiencing some amount of danger and some amount of opportunity. And I think this emotion that doesn't have a label um, of bringing those things together is, is ultimately how you get really, really good at change, is, is to be able to act on that emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking as you're speaking there, actually, that, that maybe that word... Did we have this conversation today? How does meaning fit into this? Well, yeah, we did. We touched on a whole load of different things. And we, we said, yeah, there, there's loads of different words and emotions that some get close and, 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 they, and they definitely are related. 
um, but they're not they're not it. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So, and I so, think I think for people who step outside their comfort zone on a regular basis, they understand the the excitement bit. They understand that something positive is going to come out of it. And so it's much easier to go into it, mm. into that space. But if you don't step out of your comfort zone very often, if life is very much routine and very seldom does anything change, then it is going to feel scary. Mm. You're going to be fearful and you're going to want to go back to where you were. Um, the problem is now is that you can't go back to where you were. That's right, exactly. It's been taken away. It's a, mm. you know, it's probably it is um, similar to relationship breakdown, redundancy, death of a loved one. You know, you can't go back, and so it's sort of there's going to be a period of grief. And I think this is where, understandably, anxiety kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Because it's easy to feel really anxious about uncertainty and um, and yeah, new normals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's probably a word that has been used by a lot of people. What new normals? No, oh, anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that probably sums up how people many many people are feeling. Mm. and but there are equally a number of people you know and i would include myself in this that sort of get quite excited by the prospect of change oh yeah absolutely absolutely um, i mean I, I think that we haven't yet put the episode out with claire farrell from extinction rebellion but we will do soon yeah <laughs> i think maybe one of the reasons that we've held off is because it's not particularly positive, is it? That that conversation, it 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 was really actually quite hard to to deal with it afterwards yeah. because she talks a lot about what she sees, a lens that she looks through around climate breakdown, and um, it's quite sobering. It really is. But well, it, I mean, go, going back to what I was saying earlier about if, if one thing to, could come out of this and it was universal basic income, that would be great. You're absolutely right. The environment, that the impact on the environment. Um, could I mean, be exactly what we needed. Well, Greta could not have asked for anything better. There's no way that she could have asked. Claire couldn't have asked for anything better no. to, ha to happen in terms of people Shh. stopping traveling all over the world. Yeah. Um, people getting familiar with working from home um, and using technology. I mean, it's, just, it's just, you could not have, it, it couldn't have, I don't understand what other way it could have happened. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's more than that, isn't it? Because it's not just people not traveling. It's think about all of the, um, all of the industry that stopped. Yeah. And then the impact that that industry has on, um, on, yeah, on the climate, yeah, directly yeah, yeah. or indirectly. So, so, so if you look at the, you know, the aerial photographs or satellite images of, I can't remember which Chinese city it was, but uh, you know, I imagine the impact is similar on, on, on all of them. The pollution now compared to you know, a few months ago is just, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a magic wand has been waved over the environment. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I think we should uh, we should think about what can we do or say that can offer help and support to people that are struggling with how to deal with change in this time. I think yeah. this idea that there is this emotion that we are going to label, but we haven't yet come up with a name for. Yeah. But, but it's definitely, it's definitely an idea that you can play with that. Um, when you think about danger and fear, and then you think about opportunity and excitement, um, what if you just allowed those two things to come closer together? What would yeah. be the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, I, I think it goes back to what we talked about for the first time at the cottage in that episode where, you know, I, the process that we seem to have stumbled upon is one where people change when they first of all notice, you know, they don't live their life on autopilot. Well, people are, most people are noticing stuff at the moment. You know, they really are, you know, because it's been forced upon. They don't, well, have you to. can't, you can't not notice in this, in no. this environment, can you? So, so people have, have started noticing. I think yeah. a, a good chunk of people have started to explore. Mm. They've started to explore, you know, what they can do <clears throat> at home uh, and with limited social contact. I think they've started to discover the phone again. <laughs> You know, I think, well, certainly speaking for me, I've had more conversations on the telephone in the last week uh, to friends than I have done in the previous month, for sure. Yeah. Um, we're, we're talking about different things, you know, and each conversation I have with somebody tends to be, you know, coming at things from a different perspective. So I think we're doing that explore thing really well. Mm. Um. I think the next step for most of us is to start taking aim at what we want, you know, what we want. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of future do we hope for? That's what right. does it look like? And to, and to get, to start to build a picture and an image of what we, what we want that future to look like. That's as right, far yeah. into the future as, as we can think. Yeah. Given what's happened, given the limitations that we find ourselves within, you know, what can I do that could actually make life better? Yeah. And the conversation we had at the cottage was this idea of, um, either being trapped by a story or being enabled by a story and how powerful that story is. And, and yeah. when we're talking about taking aim, what we're saying is it's you starting to have, starting to build up a picture of what you want that better world to look like in your story so that you can start making steps to get towards that better world. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might be, <clears throat> I mean, Jordan Peterson in his 12, 12 rules for life has got, you know, one of the rules, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's, it's basically tidy up, make a room look beautiful. Mm. Make, a, make a room as you want it to look. Just one room. Well, you know, what now is the perfect opportunity to try that? Yeah, for sure, yeah, for give sure. It, give it a go. Take aim at that. Yeah. You know, um, take aim at getting your, those shelves fixed. Take aim at planting some seeds if you've got a window box or a, even a garden. You know, oh, I heard another one this morning that I, meant to, I was going to share with you, actually. This is the perfect time to do it. So phone your parents if you if your parents are still about and um, interview them and record the conversation yeah, oh, fantastic there are so many things that we can do and i think if we can share those stories with each other we can share the stories of what we've done that have made life better um certainly better than just sitting there and you know watching tv 
constantly. You know, that, that's you're not going to look back and think, oh, that was great. I watched loads of TV that period. But you might look back and think, well, in difficult circumstances, I learned to grow stuff in the garden. Mm. Uh, I learned how to video conference with my mum who lives miles away. Mm. Um, can, I, I learned to play the guitar. I learned to have fun with the people I live with. I learned to have more meaningful conversations with the people I live with or with people on the other end of a telephone or a Skype call. So I, I think there are so many opportunities that are staring us in our face to change. And you know what? They might not all be, you know, things that we carry on doing, but it's a great opportunity to experiment. Mm. And with that, what we're sure about is that it's, none of that's going to be a bad thing. It's only going to be a good thing. <laughs> well, I can't imagine it's anything but a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there may be a few, you know, somebody tries to <clears throat> fix their electrics and forgets to turn off the fuse and electrocutes themselves, but you know, <laughs> they'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure we can advocate that, right? No, nah, well, you know, that's just life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Make you know, sure make sure you're safe when you do things, <laughs> but, <laughs> but things will happen. But it, 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 99.9% of the opportunities that people see and take advantage of will turn out to be positive in some way, shape or form. I'm absolutely confident of it. So, mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Should we, should we pause it there for now? We can do a few more of these, aren't we? I think so. Yeah. As things unfold. Let's see how the recording takes shape. Mm. That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback. So please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at Life Done Diff, that's double F.